Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Dads for being here today. God bless each and every one of you. Uh, really grateful for you. Happy Father's Day to all of you. Uh, just to make sure you understand, um, all fathers today get free food. <laughs> Hamburgers, fried chicken, anything you want is out there. Uh, and, and we just want to bless you guys today. Uh, that's what makes men happy anyway, isn't it? Uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. This is the finale of our series called Inspired. And I'm going to wrap this thing up with a bow today, and I could not be happier to be doing this on Father's Day. I feel like it's a perfect fit, uh, and it's going to be really a powerful day. Let's pray, and we're going to jump right into this. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your strength to us. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die for us and to come back to life, to raise from the dead, to ascend into heaven, and to send the Holy Spirit down to us, Father, and we are saved because of the goodness of Jesus and because of the work of Jesus, not because of our own goodness and not because of our own works. Father, would you release your spirit upon us in a brand new way today and inspire our hearts and minds to fearlessly follow you? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, this series, Inspired, has been really fun for me. I mentioned at the beginning of it that there's nothing I would rather preach about than the Holy Spirit. And so we've talked about many things along this journey. We've talked about how it's God's Spirit inside of us. The word inspired means in spirit. And the power that we have, the identity that we have, is because of the spirit of the living God that is inside of us. Your identity is not your skin color. Your identity is not your gender. Your identity is not your socioeconomic strata. Your identity is not your hobbies or your vocation. Your identity, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, is Jesus Christ and his spirit lives inside of you. That doesn't mean you don't have your own flavor. You have your own expression. Doesn't mean that you don't have different characteristics that make you unique and different. But each and every one of those things are temporary things and our spirit is eternal. And your hobbies are not gonna be on your mind in heaven. Your vocation's not gonna be on your mind in heaven. You're an eternal being and you will spend eternity with Jesus and he is your identity, amen? So one of the greatest things that any of us could have to be successful in any endeavor is true confidence. True confidence. Have you ever met anyone with false confidence? Someone that thought that they were something more than they were? See, the truth is that we all have insecurities. All of us have insecurities. I would not feel very confident or secure if swimsuit pictures of me escaped out on the internet. And I don't think some of you would either. We have insecurities. I had a friend of mine, I, there, there was a season where I was doing a swim workout very, very often, and I had a friend of mine that had extraordinary confidence. And so we were at Lifetime Fitness, and I had been swimming there multiple times a week, and uh, it was a lot of, I really enjoyed it. And he showed up to swim with me at one time, and he was a former high school swimmer and was little, I mean, he was a swimmer. The guy was legit 
in the pool. He was intense in the pool. He was a real swimmer. But my friend Sean shows up for our little swim workout at Lifetime Fitness. It's, the kids' pool is over there, and there's Plano moms with their kids and all this kind of stuff. And my friend Sean shows up for the swim workout, and he walks out in an itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, not yellow polka dot, but it was a bikini Speedo bottom thingy. And, and he, I'm talking this dude, and he, Sean's a big dude, man. He's a big muscular dude. He's one of those dudes that's like big top, strong, and then little bitty wasted legs. And, and, and dude, I'm talking like just strutting out, like, you know, walking out to the pool. And I'm like, bro, there's children here. What are you doing? And just this unbelievable level of confidence in a Speedo that really inspired me. And I've not yet attained. I've not yet attained. We all have confidence in certain areas. We all have insecurities in certain areas. And if we're going to do great things, we have to learn how to have true confidence. I think about a time in my life when I was nervous about the next season of life. I was uh, 18 years old and I had heard of an opportunity to try out for the USA Taekwondo team and to represent our nation in Moscow, Russia. Uh, and fight some of the toughest people around the world. I was 18 years old. Um, I was uh, in training. I was in good shape for the most part. But I learned that the weight class that I would need to try out for was about 25 pounds lighter than I was. And so I went to work, and I uh, shed the weight, and I showed up for the tryouts. And when I got to the tryouts, I realized that there were 40 other top contenders that were there trying out, and most of them were my instructors. I was 18, I'd been training since I was 12, and most of the people in the next tier of competition were literally the instructors that had been training me since I was 12, 13, 14. These are the men that had been beating me up since I was a tweener, since I, I'm talking, Troy Aikman has less concussions than I do. Okay, and he's had a few. I, I went through a lot of training and these guys were in my head and they'd been in my head for years. But I believed that God had a purpose for me. And I was praying crazy prayers. And I was memorizing warfare scriptures. I had 30 different scriptures about warfare that I had memorized. And I was praying and believing that God had a destiny on my life and that he would open a door for me, even though I was the youngest person at the tryouts. I was one of the least experienced at the tryouts. But God would open a door for me to do something great. And I had vowed and pledged to him that if he would open that door, that I would use it for his glory. And I would, and, and literally my competition career would be my worship unto him and I would do it for his glory. And so when I showed up that day, I showed up with a different level of confidence because I knew I wasn't doing it for me. I knew I was doing it for him. I had a different level of confidence because I had ingrained into my training, all of my physical conditioning, the concept that this is my worship. This is what I do for God. And for me to win and compete and overcome and be victorious is my worship and it glorifies God in what I do. So as I was preparing to go into the ring, I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm quoting Bible verses about how my enemies will fall before me like dust and he will scatter them like grass. I'm literally walking around with this crazy confidence because it wasn't about me or my ability. 
And at the end of that day, I had beat 39 of the 40, 38 of the 40 people. There was only one guy left that was on top. I made the second spot on the team and it shifted my entire career. It shifted my whole life. It changed the course of my future. And it wasn't because of my ability. It was because of God's power added to my ability. You can learn to live your life in the power and the confidence of the Holy Spirit in your natural life. As a banker, as a coach, as an entrepreneur, as a businessman, as a stay-at-home mom, as a homeschool parent, as a whatever you might wanna be or whatever you are. Being inspired and living inspired is about living and tapping in to the power and the confidence that God has for you. See, you are the only you. You're the only you. There's no other you that can do you. They can be who God has called you to be. You're the only you. You're not called to be me. You're not called to be someone else. See, part of what gave me confidence is that I'm Joel Scrivener. I'm me, and God has a destiny for me, and I'm here to take my destiny, and you can't have my destiny. That might sound cocky to some people, but I know who my daddy is. I'm not talking about my great father, Ken Scrivener. I'm talking about my heavenly father. I know who my daddy is, and it gives me confidence. See, Father's Day is a bittersweet day for many people. You could be sad today because you are no longer with your father. You could be sad today because there's a separation and you don't have a relationship. You could be sad because he's no longer alive. You could be sad because you never knew him. But Jesus came to introduce us to the heavenly father so that no matter what we gained or did not gain from a natural father, we could make it up through a relationship with the heavenly father. You have the greatest father, the access to the greatest father that anyone could ever have through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus said this, he said about natural fathers, he said, if you ask your father for a fish to eat because you're hungry, would he give you a snake? Would he, would you, if you ask your father for a loaf of bread because you're hungry, would he give you a rock? He said, no, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children and how much more will your heavenly father give you all good things? That's your heavenly father. You're the only you. God made you you on purpose to do something distinct for him. No one else can do it. And you have to be the best version of you. There was only one Moses. And Moses was insecure. He said he had a stutter. I can't do it. Pick someone else. God's response was, I will give you a mouth and I will go with you. There's only one Joshua. He was insecure too. He had to follow Moses, the greatest prophet the people of Israel had ever known. And God said to him, I am going with you. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. There was only one Gideon. God shows up. Gideon's like, I'm the least. I'm nothing. I can't do anything. And God says, 
you mighty man of valor. I'm with you. Only one Peter. Peter got insecure. I never knew him. I don't know what you're talking about. Peter's the only disciple in the Bible that we know cussed in the Bible. How about that as your lineage? You're the cusser of the group. He was a sailor. There's a purpose for man. And I'm going to tell you today there's a purpose for manliness. Today is the day we're going to celebrate men. We're going to celebrate fathers. I'm going to show you in Scripture part of the reason that God made man the way he made man. Men and women are different. They have different roles from God. They have different strengths from God. It's important that we understand and we represent and recognize the beautiful difference between man and woman. It's good that we're different. Is this too controversial in this day and age for you? I hope not. You're going to be real upset in a little bit. Genesis 1 verse 28 Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. The purpose for mankind, the reason God made man was to rule, to have dominion, to have and be a representation of the authority of God in the earth, to procreate and fill the earth and take dominion, to spread out all over the earth and to walk in the authority and the power of God. We represent God in the earth. And God called manly men to do big things. There is a massive spiritual attack against manliness that's released in our world today. It's horrific. It's anti-Christ. It's anti-God. God made men manly. He made the masculine. Masculinity is not evil. Is there such thing as toxic masculinity? Sure. Do people misuse the power of their masculinity? Absolutely. Do people misuse the power of their femininity? Absolutely. But it's not evil to be masculine. It's not evil for ladies to be feminine. It's a wonderful thing to recognize the role because God made man and he made woman and he made man in his image and then he took out of man woman. And he created woman so the two together are the perfect fit and represent and look like him in the earth. The reason family is so important, the reason that marriage, traditional marriage is so sacred to us in the church is because it is the God-ordained picture of the authority of God in the earth with a man and a woman united and focused on the father. That's the picture of marriage. It's the picture of the Godhead. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's Jesus, the groom, and church, his bride, all working to glorify the Father. It's a beautiful picture, and it needs to be stood up for. It needs to be something. It's not unloving to stand up for the faith and the belief that God created man and woman to be the picture of who he's called them to be in the earth and represent him. It's his design. We never back down from that ever. We can love all people. Look, I'm not the judge. People want to do what they want to do. That's up to them. But as for me, I'm going to preach the word of God and I'm going to stand up for what's right and what the Bible says. 
and I'll never back down. I was disturbed this week to watch some of the clips that came back from the G7 um, global conference and to hear the different world leaders saying that their agenda was to recreate a more feminine world and to demasculate the world and make the world more gender neutral. That's their mission. That's their mission. They're not even hiding it. They're, they're boldly declaring it. We want the world to be less masculine and more feminine. We want to take away the masculinity and demonize masculinity. And as men, we got to stand up. Stand up. As women, stand up for your man. You don't want a pansy man. Do you want a pansy man? That's what you want? Crying out loud. God made manliness. He made masculinity. It's part of his nature. He released it to us, and we're supposed to use it to glorify him. Masculinity is part of the Godhead. Jesus introduced us to a heavenly father, a strong, nurturing male figure. And there's an attack against man in the earth. It's the world's agenda. Do you know the Bible actually says that man is the glory of God. And then it says that woman is the glory of man. It's interesting. My wife is my glory. I, I celebrate in the glory of my wife. But the Bible says, guys, we can't allow our children to be raised. We cannot allow our children to be raised, being taught the things that are being taught in school. Anti-masculine. All kinds of hate stuff. We got to stand up as the people of God. It's important. It's your city. It's your county. It's your state. Amen? Part of the purpose for the Holy Spirit is to increase our confidence. The Holy Spirit increases our confidence. God gave his spirit for power and boldness. At the day of Pentecost, it says that Peter stood up with boldness in the power of the Holy Spirit and declared the gospel. Jesus said, stay here in Jerusalem. I'm sending you my spirit so that you will be filled with power from on high, so that you will be bold enough to be my witnesses. The Holy Spirit is given to us so that we can have incredible courage. And God, God loves courage. You know why? Because courage is an expression of faith. Courage is an expression of faith. If you don't have faith, you won't be courageous. If you do have faith, you'll step out and do things at a higher level, and you'll have more success. Did you know practice does not make perfect? Practice makes confident. When you practice something, I, I want a surgeon, if I have surgery, who's got a lot of practice. 
If I have to have a surgery, I don't think I want to go to a veterinarian. They may be able to get the job done, but I would prefer someone that's got a little more experience on what I specifically need. Confidence comes through practice. I know I can do this. How? I've done it before. I do this every day. This is what I do. Confidence. When God picked Joshua, he said in Joshua 1 verse 5, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead the people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to watch. Obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Mm, Someone needs to put that in their journal. Someone needs to take that verse and write that in their journal. Put that on your mirror. Look at that every single day. God is calling you to be strong and courageous. That he will be with you. And he will help you to take possession of the inheritance that he has for you. And the key is the word of God. Having it in your heart and in your mind and in your mouth. You keep it before yourself. You're declaring it. The word of God. God gave them confidence because they knew what their father said about them. Your identity comes from your father. That's why in our culture, the father normally gives his last name. It's part of the identity. The word name literally means character and authority. My earthly father gave me part of his character and authority. Confidence is given from the Father. It's important. It's valuable. It's valuable in the natural. It's valuable in the spirit realm. And again, the beautiful thing is, you may or may not have had an earthly father that was able to instill that in you. But you have a heavenly father that will make a greater deposit in you. And if you'll spend time with him and be in his presence and be in his spirit and learn to hear his voice and fill yourself up with his word, he'll show you who you are and he'll give you his character and authority. He's given you his name to walk in, amen? The name of Jesus. Godly confidence is the antidote for insecurity. Godly confidence is the antidote for insecurity. The Holy Spirit in us, God in us, gives us crazy confidence. When you know that God is with you, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? What would you try in life if you knew you couldn't fail? How much would you invest if you knew you couldn't fail? If God is for me, who can be against me? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Godly confidence is an antidote for insecurity. And God has called you to learn how to walk in his spirit and to connect to the Holy Spirit 
so that you can add his supernatural ability to your natural ability. To be supernatural means that you do your natural part with God's super added to it. It's not just for praying for people. It's not just for the gifts of the Spirit. It's for your everyday life. If you're a landscaper, be a supernatural landscaper. Have the most unbelievable Holy Spirit-inspired creativity that anyone's ever seen. Have the most incredible Holy Spirit character to do your job with, 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 with godly pride and dignity and to be an incredible servant to whoever you're leading and to whoever you're serving. Whatever your task is, there's no task too small for the Holy Spirit to be involved. Glorify him in what you do. Did you know that in the Hebrew language, the word work and the word worship are the same word and they're interchangeable in many places in scripture? Your work, what you do, is a part of your worship. And you can do it for God. And you can do it with God's power. 2 Peter 1, verse 3 through 5 says this. As his divine power has given us all things. Somebody say all things. That pertain to life and godliness. His divine power has already given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. To the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, watch, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. With all diligence, add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? The word diligence means expedience, urgency, to be the most excellent you could possibly be with haste. To be in a hurry to make yourself the best version of you. With all diligence, add to your faith. We understand that without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith is the necessary ingredient to please God. But watch this. What is the thing that Peter, the apostle, is encouraging us the first and most important thing for us to add to our faith is virtue. Do you know what virtue is? Do you know what it actually means? Did you know that when you look this word up in Greek, the word virtue is the word manliness. Add some manliness to your faith. Cowboy up with your faith. You can say that about 50 different ways, however you wanna say it. Man up with your faith. The Greek word is the word arete. Arete in the Greek was the word that was used to describe the most excellent, the most valiant, the most manly of men the most valiant in battle, the bravest, the most courageous. It was actually used to, to because if you understand any of the Greek mythology and the Greek culture, that they believed that the gods uh, you know, were, were, were outside of the realm of men but would come and invade the realm of men. And to be arate was to be as excellent as you possibly could be 
without being a God, to be as God-like in your excellence as possible as a mortal. Add to your faith manliness. We cannot please God with wimpy, emasculated, castrated faith. We got to be daring. Did you know that in the Bible, the phrase, I learned this from my friend, Pastor Landon in Flagstaff, Arizona. In the Bible, the phrase, fear not, is found 365 times. Interesting. One for every single day. Fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. Fear every day, fear not, fear not. Fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is the kryptonite of your superpower. Manly faith, courageous faith, bold faith, daring faith. I want to raise kids that will take risks. I want to raise, I want to, I want to raise my daughters to be, to be daring in their faith, to believe that God could use them to do something huge, to, do, to, to believe that God could, could raise them up to be incredible business people or leaders or however. It's not my goal to make my kids fit into my mold. It's my goal to empower my kids to follow the voice of God and go on the greatest adventure they ever could. That's my goal. I hope it's your goal. Scripture says God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you his Holy Spirit, a spirit of power, love, and soundness of mind. God gave us his spirit so that we could walk in the boldness and the authority of Jesus Christ in the earth. So that we could have the courage to obey him. Imagine how insecure the disciples were when Jesus told them that he needed a donkey to ride into town. A donkey was like a Lexus in those days. It was a vehicle. He didn't just want any donkey, he wanted the one off the showroom floor. Never been ridden. He said, walk into town, there's a, there's a donkey tied up, a colt tied up. Take it. Bring it to me. If anyone asks, tell them, the Lord has need of your donkey. Try that in the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> Can you imagine the conversation these disciples are having as they walk? Jesus wants us to commit grand theft auto. <laughs> Jesus wants us to steal a donkey. This is nuts. Can you imagine the thrill of obeying Jesus? Jesus, I, I can't afford my taxes. Okay. You're a fisherman. Go catch a fish. Open its mouth. There'll be a gold coin in its mouth. Okay, Jesus. Okay. Rabbi, what do you know about fishing? Nothing. A fisherman. I fished all my life. Gold coin of fish's mouth. Courage to do stuff that doesn't make sense. We were in Arizona. And uh, we, we uh, were torn around a little bit. Uh, we were taking Sydney up. Uh, we'd been in L.A. 
And um, we went up to, to Flagstaff and we're dropping her off for, for this internship for her summer. And we, we were in this little town called Jerome. And Jerome is, their, their claim to fame is that they were the wickedest town in the West. It's a ghost town now, and apparently it was, it was a hub for crime. It was founded by a robber uh, baron who was in the copper industry and, and literally was just a filthy, filthy businessman. It had more brothels than any uh, other city on the planet at the time, Jerome, Arizona. And we're touring that place, and we're up at this uh, this little hotel that's on the top of the mountain. And I walked around, we're going to go into the lobby, and there was a truck out front that said longhornparanormal.com or something like that. And I walk up and there's these group of people, they were out front and tattooed and pierced and, and wild, and, and they were the paranormal people. And I'm like, oh, paranormal stuff, huh? Yeah, where, where are you guys from? Oh, we're from Texas, I'm from Texas, that's great. What are you doing here? Oh, we're, we're doing exorcisms, interesting. I've done lots of those. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. All the time. I've done tons of exorcisms. I've been flown different places to get rid of. Me and Brandon, we're Ghostbusters, man. We busted ghosts left and right. Done lots of fun stuff together like that. They were, fan they were fascinated. Really? And they're talking. I'm right in their world now. And then she says, this is my intern, Brittany. Brittany's having a really hard time because she's never been around any of this before and she's being tormented by these, by these ghosts. I'm like, yeah, you don't play with this stuff. You just don't play with this stuff. And, and, and so I said, I said, okay. I said, Brittany, can I pray with you right now? I said, because I have authority over these demonic things. Can I pray with you right now? She said, yeah, I would like that. And Jennifer and I knelt down right there, laid hands on this paranormal ghostbuster girl and took authority over these demonic spirits and released the spirit of Jesus Christ upon her, released the peace of Jesus Christ upon her, and instantly her countenance changed. She's crying down her face, and she literally said that she felt the peace of God wrap over her and, and cover her in that moment. I'm talking about guys having the courage to just pray for people. It's not that big of a deal. It's a simple thing. If you'll just have the courage, you have no idea how much of a difference you can make. If you just have the courage to just pray for people, to stop saying I'm praying, I'll be praying for you, and actually pray right there in the grocery store next to the Captain Crunch, whatever. In that moment, can I pray for you and actually release the authority of God into that atmosphere? You carry the authority of God in your life. You carry the authority of Jesus in your life, not to keep to yourself, to release into the world around you. We have to have courage. Before we made it to Arizona, we had an incident. We were there with another family. We were having a great time. We actually were in LA. We stayed up in the Hollywood Hills for a couple of days. Um, went to some really cool restaurants, had a great time. And then before we left, we were going to the airport. We packed all of the luggage, two full families in the back of this uh, SUV and we're packed in like sardines on the way to the airport. And we're stopping on Melrose Drive to go t-shirt shopping and grab a couple cool t-shirts before we 
head to the airport. And so we dropped, stopped, jumped out, parked the car, walk across the street. We're in a shop for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. We come back. And as we're walking back to the car, the little boy that's in the other family says, hey, where's all of our luggage? Somebody had, as soon as we left, popped the back of the SUV, stolen everything. They're just watching, watching for tourists, I guess. Saw us coming a mile away. Popped the trunk, uh, everything. Purses, backtops, laptops, iPads, everything. All of our luggage, all of our clothes, all of our everything. Gone. We're on the way to the airport because we're taking Sydney to her internship. Her passport was in her, she'd left her backpack. Jennifer had said, hey, don't carry your backpack, it's too heavy. It's got your laptop in it, it's got all your stuff. Just hide it in the car. So she hid it in the car, she obeyed her mom, she didn't want to. But she obeyed her mom, hid it in the car. Backpack's gone. Passport's gone, can't go on the mission trip now. Her credit cards, everything, everything she needed. Her bag had two months of her supplies for this mission trip internship that she's doing up there. Her entire trip, her entire summer ruined. Oh, we'll just buy more stuff. Have you ever been to Flagstaff? You can't buy Jack in Flagstaff. Whole thing's ruined, summer's ruined. I'm literally like this. It's like a bad dream. The natives are getting restless. The people are bickering. I mean, it's just an absolute horror in that moment. And and Sydney, and I'm literally, I just stopped and I prayed. I said, Father, what do we do now? And Sydney said, right in that moment, she said, my phone was in my backpack and this and that, and I've lost everything. And instantly I heard the Holy Spirit inside go, her phone, it's in her backpack. And I pulled up my phone And I pulled up this thing called Life 360 that when you have a teenage daughter driving, you're on it every day, all day long. A Holy Spirit idea. I look at the phone. There's Sydney's phone driving down Beverly Hills Boulevard about three miles away, about 15 minutes away from us. I said, oh my God, it's right here. It's right there. It's right, it's right there. Let's go. Let's, and Rob's like, let's go. We pile in the car and we start a car chase <laughs> down Beverly Hills Boulevard, down to the 101, to the 110. We're, in, and we're on the phone with LAPD. LAPD is not helping us at all. I'm on the phone with them. They're like, what car is it? We don't know. What's the person look like? I have no idea. I'm following on GPS. They're going to stop somewhere, and we're going to catch up to them. Well, there's nothing we can do. Even if, you've, even if, if they have your stuff, once it goes into a building, we can't go in. We don't have search warrants. We can't do anything to help you. I said, so you're telling me the LAPD cannot help me, and I must take matters into my own hands? Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm hearing. So we hang up, and Sydney at that moment says, Dad, have you even prayed yet? Use your pastor powers. That's what she said. (laughs) And so I prayed, and can I tell you, I prayed a prayer with almost zero confidence in it. I prayed a prayer because my daughter asked me to, that as I prayed it, I didn't even know if I believed it. Because it was hopeless. 
It's hopeless. We're, 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 we're following a GPS signal into downtown South LA. Blakely's going, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. So I prayed, Father, bring this person to justice. Return all of our stuff. In the name of Jesus, we will not lose a single thing. You will return it all to us in Jesus' name. And the whole car said amen. Amen. So we're following. 30 minutes we're following. I watched the car stop in the fashion district, Los Angeles and 14th Street, South L.A., I said, the car stopped, they're stopped. They're right in front of a store in the fashion district. Let's go, we gotta get there, we gotta get there right now. Rob says, I don't have enough gas. I'm like, I don't care, get there. We're getting there right now. So we pull up and we pull up right to the intersection and I'm looking on the GPS and from about here to that uh, back booth, there, there's, there's, there's the phone on the GPS and I'm looking and I'm looking and I'm, this is the cross street and there's a store and that's it right there. That's the car, that has to be the car. And I go to get out, and Jennifer's like, what are you doing? What are you going to do? I said, I'm going to get our stuff back. <laughs> and she starts praying in tongues. And, I mean, and it's like, and I, I jump out of the car, and Rob jumps out of the car, and I walk around the front, and right as I walk around the front, I see two gentlemen in their mid-60s walking together, kind of looking around funny, and it made me think, huh, I wonder what they're up to. And they were walking toward the back of this car. And so as they turned away from me and walked toward the car, I picked up pace and I caught up to them at the exact moment they popped the trunk and it's all of our stuff. And, and I left pastor mode. <laughs> and I went into world champ, I will destroy your face mode. <laughs> and I, and I jumped in this dude's face, and I'm like, that's my stuff, that's my daughter's stuff, that's his daughter's stuff, give me my stuff. And the guy's like, no, 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 man, no, no. And I'm like, we've been following you for 30 minutes, you moron, now give me my stuff back. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. And Jennifer's yelling and screaming and all this, and, and Rob's yelling and screaming and all this, and we're, I mean, we're just in this dude's face. He had no idea, he'd never thought for a second somebody would be that nuts. He'd never messed with Texas before, I can tell you that much. <laughs> can I tell you, we got all of our stuff back, every single thing. Didn't lose a single thing. In fact, Jennifer reached in and grabbed a car charger that she thought was Rob's, and it wasn't. She robbed the robber. We got his stuff. <clears throat> I would love to tell you that all the language was holy language, but it was definitely in tongues. <clears throat> Some moments <clears throat> there. But listen. My prayer the whole time was that God would do a miracle and that he would restore that back to us without violence. I didn't want to put my kids in a dangerous situation. The entire time, I'm like, this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy, this is crazy. But I had this thought in my mind of the story of David when his village was burned and all of his stuff was taken. And he prayed to God and he said, God, shall I pursue and will I recover all? And God said, yes, pursue and you will recover all. That's the word that I had in my spirit. I know it wasn't smart. I know it wasn't safe. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I don't, 
I don't want people doing things that are reckless. But my daughter's entire summer was on the line. See, this idea of turn the other cheek has been completely twisted and perverted. A cheek being slapped is a sting that goes away. And you have two cheeks or more. (laughs) Sydney only had one passport. She only had one driver's license. She only had one credit card. She only had one stash of cash. She only had one suitcase. I didn't care. The only thing I cared about my possessions was my prayer journal. My prayer journal was in there. My whole life with God, everything documented was in there. I don't have another one of those. That was valuable to me. I want that back. It's my stuff. I want to encourage you not to be reckless, but I want to encourage you to boldly follow the voice of God even when it doesn't make sense. Even when it doesn't make sense. Because God did an absolute miracle. Do you have under, how impossible was that? A 30 minute car chase through multiple cities into South LA? A miracle. We saw with our own eyes. What can happen if you obey God? Let me ask you this question. What's at risk if you chicken out? In the call of God on your life, whatever he's called you to, whatever he's called you to do, whoever he's called you to be, what's at risk? What's at stake? Who suffers if you chicken out? What door is not open for your children and your children's children? What life is not impacted? Because you weren't courageous enough to obey the voice of God. The voice of God can be something as simple as, yes, follow this degree path, and yes, go to this college. The voice of God can be just as simple as, no, he's not the one for you. No, do not stay in a relationship with him. The voice of God can be just as simple as, yes, that's the right business partner, and yes, this is the right place for you to to plant your family. Yes, this is the right church for you to be a part of, because you've heard the voice of God. Don't allow anything to talk you out of the voice of God in your life. It's the number one, it's the number one, it's the number one attack of the devil. The first play in the devil's playbook is this. Did God really say his number one trick, he used it in the Garden of Eden, his first trick, number one play, did God really say the enemy wants you second-guessing and doubting the voice of God and the call of God in your life. And it's the most important thing you never allow him to do, that you focus and dedicate. It's the number one habit. I got some bad habits in my life, but I got a good habit in my life. And the best habit I have is that I dedicate time to know that I know that I know that I know that I've heard the voice of God about some matter or another, and I do not turn from what I know that God told me about that matter. I hold on to it with all I got because his voice is the most precious thing in my life and it's got to be the most precious thing in yours too. You can learn to hear the voice of God. You are his sheep. You belong to him. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and they will not follow another. It's important. It's important that you dedicate time in your life to learning the voice of God and obeying it at all costs. Amen? 
Amen. Let me give you just a couple practical things to have courage for. Courage to pray for people. No guts, no glory. Courage to to say what you feel like God is saying. It takes courage to give. It takes courage to tithe in the church. It takes courage to give toward our building project that we're gonna close on this building before the end of the year in the name of Jesus. It takes courage to give something away because it goes against your nature. That the kingdom principle that if you give, you'll gain even more. It doesn't make sense in our natural minds, but it's how it works in God's kingdom culture. It takes courage to serve other people. It takes courage to obey when God is calling you to do something. It takes courage to step up, to stand up and to step out and be distinct and different because God has called you to. I'm gonna pray for you today and I wanna pray specifically for boldness and courage. Did you know that the Apostle Paul, when, when he talked about, for I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, that's a passage we use a lot of times as believers, and you should. But when Paul was talking about that, he was actually talking about all of the things that he had suffered. He actually describes in one passage that he had been beaten with whips, the 39 lashes, like Jesus had 39 lashes. Paul had had that done five times. Jesus had it done once. Paul had five times 39 lashes. Paul had been stoned, they left him for dead. Paul had been beaten multiple times in prison, shipwrecked, lost at sea for day and night on end with wild beasts, all kinds of stuff. Paul lived a crazy adventure, thrill-seeking life and there was actually a lot of hard time and suffering that went along with it and he said, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. God's strength is perfected in my weakness. That's what he said. He can do all things through Christ who gives him strength. It takes courage to follow God. It takes courage to obey God. I wanna pray for holy boldness to come upon you, to obey the voice of God, to obey the call of God, no matter what, to be fearless to follow him, amen? Would you stand with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Would you just, just turn your hands up like you're receiving a gift right now and just say this, just pray this prayer with me. Say, Father, give me the power, give me the boldness, give me the courage of the Holy Spirit to fearlessly obey you, to stand up for what's right, to be bold and courageous, to be fearless for you, You've not given me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and love, soundness of mind. I will be bold. I will be courageous. I will not back down. I will not shrink back. I will stand up for you, for your name, for the call of God on my life. And I will fulfill the best life, the perfect will of God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.